Hello and welcome to the Geeks Friday the 13th Retrospective Podcast presented by WeAreTessellate.com where every Monday and every Friday we will be covering a new installment in the classic horror franchise. Warning, this podcast contains strong language and spoilers throughout. Hello and welcome to a special episode of our Geeks. This is our Friday, the 13th retrospective franchise podcast. We're on part two. Part two. With me for this entire Friday the 13th journey, Justin Maraconda. Hey. Katie Watson. What up? Um, yeah, so once a week we are going to be reviewing a Friday the 13th film all the way through from part one to the 2009 Michael Bay reboot and then we're going to follow it up with some other horror franchises uh like nightmare on elm street halloween if you like that stuff then go and subscribe to our geeks podcast on itunes it helps us out thank you very much friday 13th part two came out 1981 so it came out one year after the original definitely a speedy um yeah (laughs) procession so Halloween had come out, I think it was 1978, I want to say. And then it took them until 1981 as well to make their sequel. They took a few mm. years to do that one. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street wasn't going to be out for another three years. So this was really the beginning of the quick succession slasher sequels. Friday 13th Part 2 coming out immediately after Friday 13th Part 1 was really uh, yeah beginning something. Uh, we're in a heyday right now of like between... 1980 and 1985 hundreds of slasher films came out so many slasher films with mask killers but Friday 13th despite not creating really anything substantial like it didn't create slasher genre it aped a lot from Halloween the first one aped from Psycho as we talked about in our last podcast it really was um, very um, what's the word I guess important that's a pretty different word very important in creating the staples that would become a slasher franchise um and yeah there's an interesting evolution as well to see how that's they figure it out as they go along yeah. so a quick um lowdown of the story it takes pie so it begins what how many days did they say later they said it was just five two years. months later no no was, this <coughs> five was years. five years later. no the, the opening scene the is two months two months later yeah yeah so yeah. it begins two months later yeah. Um, with the same girl who was left from the first film Alice um, Alice, Alice. Uh, she is quickly dispatched by now fully grown Jason yeah um, and then we skip forward five years which would place this film in 1985 considering the first film is current day and that was 1980 mm-hmm. um, as a new camp counsellor uh, I forgot his name Paul Paul oh yeah you guys are good with names I'm really bad at them. Paul Giamatti uh, it's Paul Giamatti <laughs> is restarting up a new uh, camp. It's unclear whether he's actually going to start it up on uh, where the old one was or not, but it's, it's Crystal Lake. Well, he's training. He, that facility was to train camp counselors. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah. they said, the sheriff even told him, he said, I know, I appreciate what you're doing, but you're too close. Okay. Oh, like, yeah. So I don't think he was planning on like actually opening, opening Camp him. Crystal Lake. I think he was just in proximity so are they just training or is he training to then open on the lake yeah he said he was training to reopen to reopen something yeah on the lake okay so he's on the same lake or not um, reopen maybe that one wasn't ever open so open something and this place was called what was it called it had a Pakanak. 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 but it's within walking distance mm-hmm. of the closed down uh, camp crystal lake um so yeah we start up 
um girl dies we move over to the lake this guy is trying to set, set it up we have a huge host of characters immediately so many tons of cliched uh hot girl geeky girl black uh, guy hot guy black guy <laughs> who doesn't the black guy doesn't say anything the no. whole movie no. does he no, no. like a lot of them are just like we're here with all these other people i think he literally so the, at the first time you see them all the camp counselor dude is uh standing up chatting to them all and he introduces a bunch of them of oh we work together we've worked together i've heard good things about you and then he literally goes the rest of you i'll get to know you later <laughs> which yeah. is a definite aside to the audience of this is just the fodder these are your main people that we're going he to He didn't point out all of the main people, though. He didn't point out he talked about boobs like, and the cap guy, the two people you needed at not? the beginning. Because no. uh. I was interested in that. I was like, why did he just point out the people that you need to know? But then I was like, oh, never mind. Maybe he didn't. But I guess we kind of, have we already had it. We'd already had a scene with them anyway. So I guess the audience oh, yeah, already they knew them. opened it. Yeah. And they're friends with that one weird weird guy yeah. yeah the weird guy who's an extension definitely goofy. of the weird guy in the first one they've yeah. just gone even more extreme you always have to have a goofy guy yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but he he lucked out he just stayed at the bar yeah <laughs> yeah he was very <clears throat> toned see very we learned in the first one don't jump out of a crazy person's moving vehicle and mm-hmm. in this one wait till closing time yeah just closing stay till the bar time. closes yeah he probably know. got back and was like whoa what the hell yeah. see so he yeah we never come or back maybe he never got back. No, that's he one pro- of my questions is like you have stayed. like six other counselors who are at that bar and they all come back eventually, you'd think, and you don't have any of their story. Okay, or, so I have that many because yeah, so this he hooked up with that bartender or cocktail oh, yeah. server. So that so they're prepping. Uh, so this is again, but this okay, this again apparently we're guessing takes place on the Friday thirteenth. Does he mention that when he's telling no, the story? No, not at no. all. He it was just Jason it. mad. Okay, oh, um, but it could well be a Friday the thirteenth. We don't know. It's five years later. It could be. Maybe. Um, because but it's two months. It's two months. No, the beginning scene oh, is two fun. months later, and then the rest is okay. five years later. Yeah. Um. So a bunch of them basically break off and go to a bar, mm-hmm. and then a few of them stay at the camp. The ones who Six, stay at the seven. camp are killed pretty quickly. Yeah. Um. And then a couple of them. How many come back from the bar then? Just him and two. her. Just yeah. Paul and what's her face? And his sort of pseudo girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> Sassy Let's girlfriend. See. Sorry. Um, and a whole bunch are left at a bar that we just forget about. Lisa. I have no clue what happened to any of them. Yeah. Which seems a weird decision because when you start to swing, like, oh, wow, the body count's going to be high, mm-hmm. which is definitely higher than the last film and it's definitely quicker yeah. than the last film. Yeah. Despite having a similar runtime. But um, yeah, there's a whole bunch you just, they introduce and then you don't see it again. It's like, well, yeah. why even bother introducing them? Yeah. They're not even red herrings. No. You know. Um, so correct me. So this is, this used to be one of my favorite Friday the 13th films. <laughs> Um, it's directed by Steve Miner, who went on to direct Lake Placid, um, Halloween 7, known as H2O, the good one with Josh Hartnett and Michelle Williams and uh, Jamie Lee Curtis back. He also did some of the house films, which are awful films. And he was one of the original producers on this series. Um, for you two, new to the series, obviously you know Jason's got to turn up at some point. Yeah. You're presuming this is going to be the one with him. Was it confusing? He's suddenly a grown man. Was it confusing? how it ties into the first one. Like you have to imagine not knowing what Jason's going to become as a pop culture icon, just as a succession from first film, who done it second film suddenly the world. Cause basically what they propose in this in a throwaway statement is he didn't die as a kid in the lake. Right. He survived. Yeah. Somehow just hid away. His mom years. didn't know that he was still alive. Yeah. His yeah. mom never found him. He right. never went and to found help. Her. Yeah. He was there the night then that his mom got beheaded, mm-hmm. saw that, was pissed off, and then 
yeah, is now like stalking other people. From what this film shows, his first kill is actually the girl that killed his mum. Right. Now, time wise, (laughs) not to get too nitpicky about this, but I want to see if that works out. Because if the opening of the first film, when she killed two camp counselors for killing her, you know, like revenge. We already established that was two years after he died. So we established Jason died in 1956, as we said in the last podcast. So we know the first film takes place in 1980. So how old would he be by then? Maybe... Wait, 1956 was when he was born? Wait, what? 1956 is when he died. I would guess he would be about... From the look of it, he was about 10, wasn't he? Or something in the first one? 8 to 10. He was probably 10. We're going to say 10. It's an even number. So we're talking about 24 years after that. So he would be about 34 in the first one. So about now he'd be about 40 years old. Yeah. Well, I guess that works. Yeah. yeah. It does work. Late 30s. I mean, it doesn't work in terms of, it's obviously retroactive mythology they're creating in terms right. of, oh, fuck, we need to continue. Obviously, we can continue with Jason, but we need him as a grown man. We can't have a kid running around. Yeah. Obviously, it means that that last spooky scene at the end of the first film did not happen because he can't be a kid. Um you know and then have great you can't have been oh, a kid right, five years yeah. before and he now 40 still year old be man. that young exactly so that clearly yeah. was just in her mind yeah um if we're going with this yeah <laughs> the yeah. logic of this right um okay so this is what i mean by when i said before it's a muddy mythology they didn't know what they're doing they're kind of making it up but it kind of it kind of works yeah. it just doesn't work that as a little kid he would have run into the woods and his mother would have been around the camp killing people and neither of them would have ever found each other or right it's just kind of weird uh, particularly if they never found his body you feel his mom would have kept looking yeah but anyway here we are she seemed pretty perseverant <laughs> friday the 13th part two justin how do you like this one <clears throat> uh yeah i dug it it was it was very slashery slashing yeah slashery slashing yeah. do you like it um actually no we'll ask that question later on um but overall you, you enjoyed it you found it a bit more yeah there was a lot of uh funny there's cool there's cool homages in it to the first one. Hmm. Should I just say now or wait? Yeah, yeah. yeah um <clears throat> like the three friends in the truck going to a camp, same thing. Uh Ralph was it Ralph? Yeah, crazy Ralph. No, Jason's dad. <laughs> Jason's yeah. Probably. Well who could still be could from still our be. own internal mythology of Crazy Ralph as Jason's father. Yeah. We've not been denied that yet. But Ralph is dispatched in this film yeah, he's dead. early on by Jason. Um, first off from yeah. the camp. Mm. Yeah, he's. Uh, I liked how he was in it. A little bit too voyeuristic. Yeah, he was just Jason's watching. Taste. Yeah, just watching his kids get it on. He's kind yeah. of squinting at them with his furry eyebrows. eyebrows. Oh. Yeah. And he's he was probably notes. killed because yeah, that's you know. Yeah. He cheated on his wife, and that's why Jason killed him because he's like, there you go, you're still doing the same thing. Yeah. Just proving on people. Changed. You didn't change, Dad. You weren't there for me. Um, to I'm not gonna lie, I'm not gonna miss him. It's controversial because most Friday Thirteenth fans love that character. Yeah, he's always annoyed me. He's always just been so over the top. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's just. But luckily, he's not in much. He's only in a couple of scenes yeah. of both movies, so fine. Uh, Watson. Um, I didn't like it as much as the first one. Mm. Um, I thought the, I thought they it was almost like they had to tick too many boxes, and they felt forced into. Um, more stereotypical characters um the kills weren't as creative or fun i think and that's what it was is that the movie just didn't feel as fun as the first one really um it was comical to me um i think that it was like i don't know it there were a couple of good jump scares but all in all 
uh, I think it really boiled down to like it felt a little bit too forced <clears throat> compared to the first. That's one. interesting that you don't think it's as fun as the first one. Yeah, it's I just there was just way too many people, so it didn't have a very like intimate spookiness to it. It was more comical, I think, because there's like, oh, you have this wheelchair guy and this girl who's yeah. like will play for a position it's like okay i got that joke but then they continued the same kind of joke yeah um but yeah the first one i liked better. it's definitely more of a caricature for sure it definitely moves yeah in overdrive like it's very quick the kills come very quick and then it gets mm -hmm. to an ending like a confrontation i was saying when watching it you know the turn so quick of the lead characters realize something's happening whereas mm -hmm. in most of these they don't realize for a long time i did like the the fact that they try and get into his head a little bit more and see where he's coming from i like that approach to it i like that they made her like a child psychologist um i thought that might have been a little bit too on the nose you know especially to make her like oh, a child psychologist and blah, oh blah, that's blah. what she was yeah that's uh, what they were saying that's, that's what he's saying when he was, was doing getting... her car he was like you need to treat the car like a child yeah. like your child psychologist she's like... in her grad degree or something uh. she's getting her graduate in child psychology um so i thought that was interesting but i also i didn't really find her character to be believable in the fact that she watched this guy in a, like a hood attack her boyfriend she does nothing and then yeah. she kind of went into like she went from zero to Rambo very quickly. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I just thought that I would have seen a little bit more of her fighter at, in that first scene when she sees Jason. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, this is anything. I don't need her to like actually hit him or do anything, but just show that she has some potential to be a survivor. Yeah, she was useless when the guy was around fighting with Jason. She's pretty yeah. useless. And then when she's on, on her own, she's very competent and quite aggressive and quite smart she doesn't actually like sit crying at any point no because um, well, she point, does slump at the creek there for a second yeah, yeah. but only for a second she does yeah. she did the door technique too though yeah yeah, yeah. hold this door now so we're going down here this, the, 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 this like series of films reach. is just a series of girls running into rooms and holding doorknobs yeah, <laughs> yeah. um but you, you would to be fair um, I feel more how she did in this one than in the first one. I feel in the first one. I feel one, you should just like... stay away from windows. Yeah. Mm. Everybody gets attacked through a window. Even in the first one, every single time she would look out the window and then close the blind. And it's like, <laughs> why are you? You can't see anything out there. You're not accomplishing anything. Stop standing by windows. Yeah. Um, all right, I'm going to break it down a little bit. I actually, I really, really like this film. Um, and I was happy going back to it to find I still like it. I don't think it's uh, you know, a perfect film. I, I certainly think it's way more, yeah, like I said, caricature-ish and cartoonish than the first one. Mm -hmm. um, I definitely think it's way more fun than the first one. Um, the first one I find a little bit of a drag. Um, but I just think, you know, I was surprised how elegant it was going back to the first one. But this one, I think, so I think the opening's great. I love the opening. I love you start just, you know, with this kid's, shoes and then he sort of stands and then runs off and then jason just like walks in and you just see his feet and you follow mm -hmm. them across the street um this film's definitely pushing more towards why most slasher fans like the franchises because it becomes cooler the shots are cooler the way they're handling the villains cooler you know it's it's certainly not treating it with the dignity i guess that the first one was of like oh we're more old school and a bit more right. hitchcockian or trying to be certainly not as good as Hitchcockian. Yeah. whereas this one is no we're realizing yeah the comic book vibes of it a little bit okay. more um and then yeah you get a cool opening scene really cool long single shot um at the beginning with the girl from the last one and she's going from shower to the phone and to other things and then super a psycho ripoff scene and her in the shower yeah yeah um but some really nice like lingering shots from steve minor that i enjoyed and then when jason comes in it's a cool kill 
um, quite sudden as well. You got the head in the fridge, mm-hmm. and then he takes yeah the kettle off the boil yeah. at the end He's before a very the title guy. comes in, <laughs> which is a weird decision because you got this great tension builder of the kettle like boiling. And then he just diffuses it before the title comes in. I was like, that's a strange decision. Mm-hmm. He also, because there's a phone call, then he hangs up. So he clearly had to use the phone book, find her number. So he's meant to, he has enough mental, because we're meant to believe this is a kid or a guy out who's doesn't have much mental capacity. And yeah. not any social yeah. interaction. Also, where was she yeah. living? Because why would you live in that same town still? Yeah, so he had to travel yeah. to get to her. He had to then track her down. He had to ring her up. Hang up when yeah. you're, oh, good, she is in. Do any of his other victims, he ever checks their in first before he goes? Yeah. Um, and then takes the kettle off the boil. So it was kind of a weird... He had to put the head in the fridge, too, ahead Oh, of yeah, time. he had to yeah. do that for, for a so definite... So while she was in the shower, she, he had to run in, put the head in the fridge, so, then go back outside, yeah. then call her <laughs> yeah. from a landline. Yep. And then, yeah, run back inside. Dude, this is why I like. I know you weren't that keen like when you saw some of it, but the the Leslie Vernon no, no, film no, no, where no. he explains like yeah. the work that goes into being no, a slasher villain yeah. of how you got to set up stuff, you got to weaken this branch, yeah. you've got to like. Wait, there's a mo- uh, video. There's a, a really good half found footage, half real, yeah, uh, half normal film uh, called The Rise of Leslie Vernon, and it's about it's a comedy and it's really funny if if you like these films and you've seen enough that you get yeah. something out of it. Um, about a guy basically become, trying to become the next Jason, the next Freddy sort of thing. But it's all a documentary crew following him so he can oh, show like how he gradually emotionally manipulates. The, you know, He picks his character who he's going to like prey on. He manipulates them. Then he has to set up a party, get them all to do a party. But he'll go to the party house first and set up everything so it does exactly what he wants and they have to run certain places. And Is that the one where he sits in his truck outside the diner and he decides he's like going to kill the waitress? And he's like... Yeah. So she's going to take the garbage out and then she's going to put a brick there and then I have to remove the brick and, and then run around the building and then hide the behind there. And <laughs> Holy crap, that's amazing. Yeah. I'm going to see that. Um, they should do a workout regime that's like the villain's workout because you just have to be running all over this. <laughs> yeah. Because well, he even said at one point yeah. where he's like, I have to keep like my cardio, cardio up because you have to run for a long period of time. Um, um, yeah, okay. So then you go from that. You go, I, I just, there's a lot of cool, funny editing with this as well. Like the dog straight to the hot dogs on the grill. Yeah, stuff that's like. funny. It's way more obvious, is what I'm saying. It's way more definitely cartoonish. Um, but I found it a lot more fun. Um, you've got the iconic death in this film is the wheelchair death because mm-hmm. you have to appreciate at the time you wouldn't do that to a character yeah. who is in any way, you know, disabled or whatever. Um, so that's quite a brutal sudden kill. And it's kind of cool seeing it like clatter down the stairs and yeah. the weird freeze frame that they like to do in these movies for some reason but um and i really love jenny as the lead i think the lead girl i agree we could spend yeah. more time with her i agree we could get mm-hmm. to know a little bit more about her i think the movie actually moves a bit too quickly in places um could have done yeah. one or two more scenes in the middle to get to know her but i think she's great like she's got a really good sassy kind of presence about her She's very in control of most of the situations. Mm-hmm. Um, she's got a great face. She's kind of pretty, but interesting. Yeah. And kind Especially of wild. when she went to stand up against Jason, it was like, whoa, badass scene. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's an interesting bit. I, th- I just feel this is a film, as I watch it now, I appreciate how many of the cliches it kind of defines. I mean, I know they were growing towards them, but it, it really defines a lot of the character cliches. Definitely. But a lot of the cinematic ones as well of how to shoot stuff. And there was a very interesting shot in it where she, towards the end, when she's running from him, she goes and hides under a bed. Mm-hmm. But she's running from him 
and suddenly you are following Jason and you're not following her anymore and you follow Jason as he comes into room and you don't know where your lead character is and it's the first time I know of and I'm, I'm sure there was an example before because everything you know is ripped off or something but it's the first time I know of at this point in a slasher film where you weren't following your lead you were following the killer and that's a precedent that definitely is important for the future because that's what all these series would become is no the killer is your hero essentially yeah. like you're here for Jason there'll be lots of scenes in the future films where Jason's one you're following not the characters because you don't really care about the characters right yeah. they're all transient exactly um so i thought that was an interesting they're all meat bags yep exactly <laughs> there are a lot of meat bags in this film they're just machete fodder yeah less male nipples i don't yeah. think any oh, man no. really got his yeah. top off in there uh yeah, yeah the yeah. guy the... with the cap oh yeah with, the, with a lot the of the hair beret. yeah, yeah. Um, with boobs and there was only one there was only one naked girl in there, but she was fully naked. Yeah, yeah she was she's, full nude. Well, so yeah. was uh, what's her face who wanted to sleep with the handicapped guy. She oh, took you her see, bottoms off. Yeah, but you see it from afar. I don't yeah, think. Yeah, but you can still see it. Yeah, I, I don't think it. she was prepared for her, these the films <laughs> being transferred to Blu-ray. Yeah, <laughs> so you can see yeah. all of these details. Yeah, they were like, "Well, we'll be really far away. Don't exactly. worry about it." I did find it interesting that Jenny and Paul actually have sex, and she survives. Like, she's the only one so far who's done the deed and lives. I mean, yeah. we're presuming it in the film? She and Paul have sex because she's got her bra on and then her robe. And then he like takes oh, her yeah. robe off and they start yeah. making out. And then she wakes up alone. And she has his, I think, his And he had, like, off. written her a note or something on the mirror. No, yeah. it's interesting. So, it's because it's like, why wouldn't he have killed them then while they were in the middle of doing the deed? Yeah. I don't know. Where he was, was too he busy at that killing. Point? He killed his... his his dad <laughs> he killed the old man uh, outside. Oh, it's during that bit. Because he was watching them, and then instead of killing them, he, I don't know. I don't know. Because he went he... off. Because that was the very first night. So technically, this one was two days long. Yeah. Okay. So it definitely, yeah. Even if it started on Friday the 13th, it didn't yeah. finish on Friday okay. the 13th. Um. Or maybe the next day was Friday the 13th, and that was just Thursday the 12th, and that's why he didn't kill up. any of the counselors. Oh yeah, till the next day. Till midnight, he yeah. killed. He killed his dad he's at like, midnight. It's like, oh, oh I can kill someone. Yeah, he's a real oh. stickler for. Yeah. Yeah, because he's polite, you know. The kettle explains it all. Yeah. Um, the watching these films is also making me really appreciate, not that you know these are scary at all, but just that before the days of mobile phones, there is definitely a thing of when you're thinking, okay, what would I do in this situation? Nowadays, it's always just I'll text someone, I'll ring someone, whatever it is. Yeah. But these are all points where. You just kind of I don't I don't know what I'd do to be honest because going outside doesn't seem like a good idea. Yeah. Clearly, staying in by a window and holding a doorknob doesn't seem like a good idea either. Nope. Um, you find the armory. <laughs> yeah, always find the armory. Um. So the so Jason, like where they went with him, the bag over the head. So this is actually stolen directly from a film called The Town That Dreaded Sundown. Um, I'll bring up a picture of that so you can appreciate just how stolen it was. Mm-hmm. Um. But how did you guys feel about having him now as a killer instead of uh, Voorhees? Well, I forgot what her name is now. She didn't say her name is Mrs. No, Voorhees. Oh, it's Pamela. I think it's Pamela Voorhees. She never says her name. Okay. That's her name. She just says, I'm Mrs. Voorhees. Yeah. Um, I thought his style was way simpler than hers. <laughs> he just yeah. slashes everybody's neck. Yeah, he just gets straight to the point. Yeah. Dude, at the end when he jumps through the window and then they do uh they change like the shot 
I thought there was two for a second. I was like, wait, yeah, what? Yeah, because he is on one side of her, and then in the next shot, he's on this was, side of yeah, her. Yeah, so I was like, why she gets double teamed? And then I realized, <laughs> it's like, oh, there's just one. I was like, what? Did he have a twin brother? Hmm. And also, I didn't really like the one eye through the bag thing. I thought it would okay. have been even maybe a little bit scarier if, like, the two eyes were... You know, because he obviously has eyes in different the normal locations. Oh, if they might be even interesting if they were cut in wonky places. Yeah, because it's like I don't know. I just didn't find. I thought it was kind of nice to see him at at the inauguration of who he was going to become. Like when he's standing over her when she's crawling out from under the bed, and his chair like breaks. And I thought that was interesting because it's not so like. Oh, how would he have known that that was, you know, some of the slashers have come to a point where it's like the impossibility of their actions as villains. And this one was actually really practical and believable. And while the victims were struggling, he was also struggling to kind of control the situation, which I thought was really fun because you were like, you did feel like you were kind of on that with him. Being like, yeah, I, you know, how embarrassing would that be if you're like a little spear broke and then like your chair breaks and it'd be like, God, <laughs> I'm ashamed. exhausted. Now you gotta kill yeah. him because if word gets out, you yeah. rip it down. Yeah. Um, no, that's interesting because yeah, I think this is. It's a film where now it's kind of easy to laugh at. Yeah, he falls off his chair when he's trying to stab yeah. her because you're used to these killers being omnipotent. Mm-hmm. You know, like Always unstoppable everywhere. And yeah. but this is definitely a bridge. Like this is definitely a film where yep, he's more powerful than he should be. Mm-hmm. By the end, he has a machete, like in his shoulder ribs, what very near where his heart should be, and he just keeps on coming. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's clearly getting there to this indestructible sort of character. But yeah, he he is more real. He they do make a point of him running, him running, him yeah falling over. I love to see when she runs into his house, like his little shack, and you just see him running towards yeah. his shack. Yeah, holy crap, that was window. amazing. It's so funny. They I make a it. point though of doing that, and they make a point of showing it. They want you to believe. He really is a guy who's just been living in the woods mm-hmm. for decades by himself yeah. and is a hunter and, you know, is all yeah. these, you know, which I feel kind of works. Like yeah, because he had to live off the land, so I feel like he would be a good hunter. Uh, yeah. This is how um, the town of Dreaded Sundown, this is how their killer looks. Yeah. Like yeah, but so he has two eyes. Yeah, he has two eyes, but that's why they probably have to do one. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so the town of Red Sundown is based on a true story from Texas of a killer who actually wore that bag over his head. Um, so, yeah, we'll obviously we all know where Jason's heading and where the hockey mask at some point has to come into play. Mm-hmm. It's interesting you're two films in and there's still not the Jason that we know, you it's know, as a pop iconic. culture icon yeah. at all. Um, no one, if you think of Jason, would think of a bag over the head. I just think, uh, yeah, when I saw him, I was like, oh, he's kind of like a hipster. He's got dark denim, brown <laughs> boots, uh, Pendleton jacket. Yeah. Yeah, oh, I just got a burlap sack. That's I think about this when she cool. gets into a car, which she, we know she can't start anyway without a man to help her, apparently. Yeah. Or whether she, was she meant to be faking that whole thing? Because then she kind of jokes I it I think in. that she, like her car was actually not doing great but then she like got him or whatever so she, she re- revved regains yeah. her control yeah, of the exactly but she gets in the car running from jason and then she's fishing in her pocket for the for the keys and she struggles with it because she's got such fucking tight jeans on it was making yeah. me thinking in the 90s everyone should get away because we were wearing baggy ass jeans in yeah. the 90s True. you can get your keys like that yeah. yeah although they probably fell fell out when you fell over yeah, like, just, I lost well everything. that scene also like as jason you would have thought that he would have gone straight for the driver's side knowing that that's where oh, she was. I like how he popped As opposed up. to trying to reach in and unlock the car after you <laughs> yeah. stabbed through the top <laughs> roof. 
Yeah. And then it then get kicked out. And it's like, why didn't you just stab her yeah. through the, the gla- driver's or side? Or just, he could have stabbed through the win- window. Like, he looked yeah. at her. And she went, ah! He was like, <laughs> <laughs> And then he just, clunk, 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 clunk. He's yeah. mischievous. He's been alone in the woods for a long yeah. time. It's true. It's very true. Um, so, like I mean, he was playing a game that no one else knew the rules to. <laughs> no, I'm not telling anyone the rules, but I'm winning. <laughs> um, I mean, it just had a, more of a party vibe, this one. Like I said, yeah, like so way more cliches to it, but still not any horrible characters in it. We're starting to get there with the girl with the dog, who's girl. really prissy, and then the guy who's into her, who's a you know complete weird yeah. egotistical. You look like Superman in his younger years, like the guy who played Superman in Smallville. That's who he looked like to me, but like a really sleazy version. Just you him. looked him up though. What's his name? Did you? Oh, oh yeah. He is still sleazy looking. He's hilarious. Yeah. The photo oh you had God. of him now, and he's just grinning with silver fox hair and a ripped, like, naked body. Yeah. Oh. He must be in his 50s. Men that old should not look like that. It's disturbing. Then we have got, we've got the two-foot kill as well, where mm. he kind of does the reverse of what his Russell Todd. That's his name. Russell Todd. Google Russell Todd. He uh, is 50, he, yeah, he's 58 years old. 58. And shirtless. He is insane. very handsome in the face, but yeah, you should not be posing. That like looks that. like you photoshopped someone's face on someone yeah. else's body. Only he's got his underwear up over his jeans. It's just like, oh, gross. What about this? Oh, no. man, look at him. He didn't even change jeans for this photo shoot. He just put a hoodie on. Mm, brilliant. Gross. Um, so, yeah, Jason's clearly been watching his mom's MO because he does the kill she did with Kevin Bacon, but rather than do it from underneath the bed, he does Shish it from kebabed. above. And with two people who are just done having sex yeah but he is polite in this one he does seem to wait until people have finished yeah before he kills them i think he becomes more impatient as as the movies will go on well it's all about you know aptitude gotta get it done um and then we get a, a similar machete finale um when she runs at him we get the same music same slow-mo thing which mm-hmm. i thought was kind of cool um as a call out to it they're very particular then when she hits him to the floor, they pull off his mask and they don't show it. And you just see the two people's reaction looking at it, which I really mm-hmm. liked. I thought yeah. that was smart. But then at the end, they go all out and give you a very close up of his face yeah. as a final kind of shock. Um, let's talk about those two bits before we get out of the ending then. Yeah. So you have the ending. And I remember this was one of the reasons I think I really liked this film when I watched it when I was just younger was I really liked her and I really liked that in order to get out of the situation at the end she has to think rather than fight mm-hmm. um, and she puts on she goes into a room in his shack she finds his decapitated mother which he's presumably got back out of the fridge <laughs> from the beginning of the movie yeah. um, and has a shrine for her with candles and her jumper is still there and, and a couple of dead bodies like strewn around yeah all the dead yeah. bodies of people yeah. offerings uh, should yeah. have been Kevin Bacon in there or something. oh yeah um, and then she goes in and she, he's breaking through the door in another shining moment. We didn't talk about it in the first one, but yeah, they. you asked Justin when we were watching the first movie because there's a shining moment of him coming, not her, yeah. his mom coming through the door. Yeah. They came out the same year. So oh, no one that stole is a crazy anything from you. Yeah. yeah, that's weird. Um, well, it wasn't as though his mom like stuck her head in instead of uh, like a no, line. You know, it wasn't quite that No, no, certainly not as iconic as The Shining. Yeah. Um, but he does that kind of again in this one. She's in a panic. She sees the jumper. She makes yeah. the decision to put on the jumper um, because she she's puts a psychiatrist. those one and ones together very quickly. Like yeah. that must be his mother. That must be her sweater. I look kind of like her if I put my hair in here. <laughs> That's why you get this protracted scene of her at the bar. 
being overtly yeah. ridiculously sympathetic towards Jason, yeah. saying how hard it must be for him having lost his mother, yeah. having seen all these things. You know, what if he was real and living in the woods? And I, I would not have. Her boyfriend's just kind of like, you're drunk. You're yeah. drunk. You're Go drunk. home, you're drunk. <laughs> like, I don't know. That'll worry me a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, regardless, she puts it together. She puts on the mother's jumper. I remembered her holding the head of the mother, but she doesn't do that. She just covers it yeah. so you don't see the head of the mother and then pretends to be the mother to stop Jason. Um, he is conned for a little bit until she moves and then he conceives the well, head. Well, when and... she wields the machete. Yeah. When she goes, basically it's her own fault. Like when she goes to kill him, she moves too much. Mm-hmm. He sees her mother's head and puts it together and, and yeah. the battle starts again. I really like this. So it's one of like my favorite endings in a slasher movie. Not necessarily the end end, which we can talk about in a second, but mm-hmm. I like that it's, um, you know, it ties some of the loose ends together. It lets you know more about Jason. It makes him more of a... I always see Jason really as a sympathetic character. I mean, he's yeah. a mass murderer, but he's had two horrible things happen to he's him in his life. Sweet. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like he was... He just wants some friends. Bullied and drowned through negligence. Yeah. And then watched his mother get butchered for, you know, revenge. Wait, he was bullied? He had to get into that more later, but he oh. was, you know... No one's there because to begin with, in this one, no one saw him as he was drowning. He should have been being supervised, but they're off having sex and things, so they don't see when he drowns. Later he was on, deformed, so then you get more into that. Yeah, I think. later on you get more into he was bullied by kids. Um, so do you do you, do you guys like that what? kind of the well the ending with her and pretending to be the mother? Is that cheesy for you? No, I thought it was good. Yeah, I thought it was a clever way of not to die. Yeah. Okay, nothing yeah. else anyone wants to say. Um, <laughs> I didn't, like, it was distracting about the other counselors, I think was the yeah. only, my only hang up. I think what the ending was, it's like, you have a good half dozen other people who could come in and mess this up at any time. Like, when her boyfriend shows up, Paul, I was kind of expecting it to be the nerdy guy to show up because yeah. he would have been a, a very common sense choice to bring back in at that point. Um, but, yeah, I thought the ending was good. I like that she thought rather than fought. Um, but it's a good yeah. t-shirt thought not thought yeah but you have to do it all in the past tense you can't yeah. be like I think rather than shit <laughs> than shit <laughs> I think rather than shit that's a shirt right there um, and then the very ending they try and do another fake out uh, Jason jumps through the window mm-hmm. grabs her Similar to obviously the first one with baby Jason jumping out. And he baby Jason back out with her, right? Yeah. He's pulling her out. Yeah, but then you cut from that to her getting wheeled into a an ambulance. ambulance. You don't see what happened to her boyfriend. No. Whether he's dead. That's or not, all she's saying is like, Paul, where's Paul? Where's yeah, they Paul? don't reply to her and they drive her off and that's it. That's it. So you yeah. have no clue. Well, what did, did, was that scene real? Yeah. If it wasn't real, why wasn't it real? Because if, when you see them in the scene before, there's no point where she would have like blacked out to then be put in an ambulance or something. And you never see her boyfriend get killed. Like, no. He was completely fine. And she hit Jason before Jason could hit her boyfriend. So the last few seconds of this movie fall apart for me. Mm-hmm. It feels very muddled. Yeah. feels very not thought through. Yeah. feels very much like, well, we need the same scare we had in the first one. And I think they do that fine. But then they don't follow through with it. I think they had the brilliant idea about the mom and the psychology aspect of things before any, like a halfway through deciding this film and deciding the structure of it. And they were like, we want to play this into the end. And then after that point happened, they were like, well, we actually need to finish, finish it yeah. and make room for maybe a third. And then they didn't really know how to do that. So 
kind of got weak. Yeah, I would have been happy for them just to stop when she's dragged out of the window, to be honest, and just cut straight to credits. Yeah, you know? yeah. I would have too. Um, just not knowing what's happening. I didn't like that last, just, just, just that last scene with the ambulance is just kind of nonsensical. And yeah. You either need more or less, basically. Um, well, just, that's kind of the issue they had in the first one, to be honest. Yeah. Like, they, they always well, do, like, one scene too many. I agree, but the first one, at least, it does make contextual sense in terms of she then gets to say this thing. They're saying it didn't exist. You realize, oh, that last yeah. scene must be half a dream then or something. Whereas with this one, I don't even see when she would get the opportunity to have a dream because they're just... Yeah. When, she, when she sits back on the bed, maybe she dozes off. Maybe. Because she did lose some blood in her leg. That's, like, a pretty big gash. Yep. No, I mean, but yeah, I think we're giving them a lot of credit. <laughs> yeah, I think also, a ha- great Halloween costume should just be a girl with the little stick thing. The trident. Just, just like just yeah, yeah. and then a <laughs> yeah. boyfriend with the handle of the stick thing, just like yeah, walking he just around. Has a handle, which is great. I thought that was amazing. I was like, why are people not dressed like this in a couple's costume? Yeah, Let's do it. I think it's great. It's you guys you just get do, bloody covered, and I just get to walk do. around like. Ah. Yeah. It's all the different forgettable Friday Thirteenth characters. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, just the disposables that's, that no one remembers. You should dress Izzy as Jason. I'm gonna oh, go as the girl yeah, in the hot one. pants who's running. <laughs> yeah, just with your shirt that's like <laughs> yeah. just, just below to the my nipples, nipples. <laughs> just below. Uh, just the men. To finish up, would you recommend people see Friday Thirteenth Part Two? Did you like it more or less than the original? Uh, I like the first one more than the second one, but you should watch this one because it goes well with the first one. So you think as a as a two parter. Yeah, it's working well so far. The franchise hasn't come off the rails just yet. It's called Part Two. Okay. Yeah. Watson. Um, I think you should definitely see it. I too enjoyed the first one a little bit more. Um, I liked the lead character in this one more than I did the last one, but I liked the other characters more in the first than I did in the second. Yeah. Okay. Um, if you would have just interchanged them, if you had Jenny in the first one, I probably would just like. That's the best. The first one. I like that one. That one's great. Um, but you also get to see a handicapped man fall down some stairs. Mm. <laughs> How often do you get to see that happen? Yeah, in the nice free In real though. life. <laughs> Especially knowing that he was gay in real life and watching them try and make out was amazing. Yeah. Amazing. I think this was interesting because I do watch these. Like for me, even if you had the Jenny's character in the first one, I would still. I'm in it for, you know, I want the villains. And yeah. his mother, I get that it's smarter. I get that it's more classic. It's not why I'm watching these films. Like, for it needs to be incredibly good for me to enjoy that. This one, I for me, it's definitely the better film. Um, I think it's a lot of fun, actually. And I think it's I think it's one of the best classic slasher films. A lot of the slasher films from this age are very, very hokey um, and are very kind of just grimy and ugly. Um, I think this one is kind of dumb, um, but I think it's fun and slick. And I think Steve Miner adds a lot to the genre. Mm-hmm. That we're going to see be built upon um, from here on out, not just in this franchise, but all of the franchises. Yeah. So I'm definitely going to recommend. Noted. People Noted. watch this one. Uh, we will be back every single week with another f- uh, episode of our Friday 13th franchise. You can get all that by subscribing to our iTunes. We are Geeks. Geeks. If you type geeks. in Tesla and Geeks on iTunes, you'll get us quick. We also have a weekly uh, topical entertainment show where we talk over all the weekly movie and games news yep um and you can go to youtube you can type in we are tesla on there get on our channel subscribe to it you can see our videos we are a movie production company based out of la tokyo and london i was your host al white thank you very much justin hey 
Thank you very much, Katie. You are welcome. You doing all right, man? Yeah, I'm on day. We've got more of these to go. Coca-Cola or something. Gonna give you a smack in the face for the next one. Cold shower. Cold showers. And we're out.